Welcome to episode six of our Pink Floyd journey, Metal. We have now, well, we were in the 70s last episode, but I think we have finally put both feet forward and crossed the Rubicon, um, mostly, I suppose. There are still some vestiges left of the 60s left to explore for some reason, but I think that we are firmly entering the transition of Pink Floyd to... uh, to uh, what they would become uh, to to the world, really. So uh, it's it's kind of uh, funny when you use the word transition. Of course, you know, it kind of means something different these days. But um, anyway, like when the 1960s into the 70s, like you really had a lot of time to find your sound. You, you couldn't really mess around. Like you, you really just couldn't take that long, you know, break and then come back with something different. Like you, you didn't have five, six years between releases. You're putting out albums more than once a year in some cases, if you consider more uh, part of the linear discography. But, you know, Pink Floyd uh, keeps, keeps, uh, you know, changing just a little bit here. And the album follows the similar format that we've had the last record, really, with the, uh, um, although we put the side B, we, uh, we put the backside of the, of the vinyl, fill that up with the long prog song, and then take the short songs up top. But yeah, it's, it's continuing the transition. I mean, much like their early songs, they were not abrupt. They took their time to get from point A to point B. And with that, I guess I'll start. Um, I guess I'll start also by plugging our, our new website, still fresh and new, starting to get some hits, starting to get some people. Uh, I can't say around the world because we're uh, an English-speaking podcast, so that'll limit our audience a bit, but definitely around the United States so far, we're getting some hits. And uh, check us out at lightthesky.net, where you can find all of the episodes, the latest episode, uh, and a little bit more information about the show, including the Love It or Flush It, where we go track by track, loving, flushing, buying, or terminating the best and the worst and creating our unique Spotify playlists. So I will start uh, this week uh, with my out of 10. I haven't really thought about my out of 10 score yet. Uh, like I was really introing in the show, it's an album of transition. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of Sid, as I was discovering myself to be, this might be where Pink Floyd ends for you. Um, if you're even listening still, I never really thought of Pink Floyd in that way before. Uh, but you know, there might be a little bit of a, um, you know, a Van Halen versus Van Hagar, or, you know, they were better with Sid or I like them better as a psychedelic group because we're really starting to see Dave take over the musician, uh, or at least the music part of it. And, uh, Roger take over the lyrical direction and the uh, kind of this, the um, kind of, I guess, the intangible bits of songwriting. Um, I'm glad we're on the path of the 70s. I'm sorry we're leaving the psychedelic progressive rock path. I'm still waiting for us to hit the on-ramp. I'm not sure that this album plus Adam Hart Mother are both require listening. So for that, I'll just start off, and I'm making the score up right now. I didn't really think about it. So I'm just going to say, 5.5. 5.5. That's where I'm at. Next up, uh, Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so this record I had never listened to. Like I've stated in other podcasts, a lot of the pre-Dark Side stuff was very unfamiliar territory for me. But I do remember you know, doing some studying on this record, and I know that kind of out of the pre-Dark Side albums, this seemed to sort of have the highest rating 
Uh, I don't know, maybe kind of in comparison to uh, Piper. But I went into it thinking like, okay, a lot of people have, you know, a strong love for this album. So there's got to be something good to it. And, you know, I put on the first song and I'm like, okay, I can kind of see where things are going here. Um, And for the most part, I do like quite a bit of the album. But uh, I think what I'm going to give it overall, uh, just because there was some areas that I didn't like you know, I didn't love. I think I'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. And my one uh, statement is going to be, I think it's the most cohesive, focused album thus far. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Kevin, you're up. Out of 10. And can they help themselves? Are they starting to trend <laughs> upward in your eyes? <laughs> Will Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd Love is sitting at 35%. Yes, will they break out of it? Well, I am actually going to join Alex on his score. I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. This album I had heard before we done the podcast is recommended to me by a mutual friend of Alex and mine, uh, Tim. Um, and nice. it had been quite a long time since I had listened to it. Actually, I had listened to it back when he recommended it. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something I I went back to all the time. Um, but boy, did it, it resonate a lot more in context now that we've been doing this podcast. Definitely not a perfect album. It definitely has its moments. They um, can't help themselves. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say, and my, my kind of one sentence is going to be, you can sniff the magic. Like you can smell it. That's when somebody's kind of cooking something good in the kitchen, and, and you know mm-hmm. it's you know it's going on downstairs. <laughs> You're like, yeah, mm, it's, it's there. It's an onion. Get, yeah, it's getting there. It's just like we're not quite. We haven't sat down at the dinner table yet, but there are just these moments of absolute brilliance. You know, it's gonna, We know it's coming, but uh, it's it's being put together as we speak. Yeah, it's like it's like they're cutting up an onion and something good is coming, but then they serve it to you with A one. I like that. That's pretty terrible. That's a pretty good yeah. one statement. You've been a little harsh on them lately too, actually, even more so than Kevin, I think. Uh I'm actually not gonna give them as high a score as uh the previous two guys. Uh though I am kinda get, I'm gonna stick around six. Uh like I mentioned about Adam Hartmother, it was a kind of like a sandwich. It had some great bread, but the middle was not very, it was very bland and generic. Yeah. Here, it's a little bit stronger. The songs are becoming a little bit more cohesive, even if they are kind of more, it's like, it's weird. I don't know what it is with like, okay, you got the two very kind of experimental tracks at the top and the bottom, and then you have these like, weird acoustic ballads in the middle. I don't know why. Well, I'd like to, it'd be fun, to, interesting to sit down with them and ask like, what was the, You've done it like how many times now? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's just very unusual. But uh, here, not that I'm totally crazy about it. They are strong. It seems like they are really trying this time. The experiments work a little bit more, especially the echoes. It sounds like, and to actually this long article I read, um, I think it was Nick Mason who said, uh, yeah, that this that uh, echoes uh, was the first long experimental track where nothing was, uh, every, everything was very meticulously written and planned out. And you can kind of hear it, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like conventional singing in there, and even the weird parts have kind of like almost fit weirdly into the context of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to, I had to boost. I had to give him a little bit of credit for that, considering mm-hmm. I'm not a, typically a fan of those kinds of songs. But here it feels like they actually kind of lived, made it their own. Um, sure. 
And that's why I wanted to use a, uh, uh, as far as a future Pink Floyd uh, song title to represent my one statement. Uh, it's kind of welcome to the machine. The machine has been built. Do they necessarily know how to use it yet? No, but they have something here. It's okay. The Pink Floyd. All right, we've got the. Now we're gonna figure it. Okay, we finally figured it, like the our direction. But now, yeah, but yeah, now we're, now it's gonna take another album or two before we actually get yeah to use this new the thing that we built. The machine could use a tune up a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, like I said, like I said, it's not like because like it's been what six albums and they've been pretty lost for the most part. I mean, not that. Not that it doesn't appeal to, like, I mean, you've, you've got those people that are just love this kind of music, just weird, like, atonal, whatever you want to call it, just kind of doesn't go in really anywhere. Uh, here, though, it feels like yeah, there's some kind of structure. And like you said, Kev, yeah, it's not quite there yet, but you can see this, uh, like, the foundation is finally there. But now it's like, how do you, now you got to build upon it. Here's the thing, so though, yeah. is that how many times have we said that over the last three albums? I mean, I can't help but feel like they're all sleeping on the job here. Well, here I think <laughs> like it's a little bit. I mean, the same thing for like three albums. You can kind of hear it, and Riker's growing the beard, no. and the machine has been built. Yeah, yeah here like though, it feels like even the even the even the this. harmonies. I think feel like all right. This sounds yeah like they're coming into that era, like that classic seventies. Where yeah, of course, I mean it's been on. The, I mean you could hear bits and pieces on the last three or four albums, of course, but mm-hmm. there it was kind of like little spritz. Like okay, there you go, you've got that mm-hmm. David Gilmore vocal. It's like oh, I, I recognize that well, from. Here's the hard part. Yeah. We're yeah. all waiting for Dark Side. That's what we're, we're just, right. That's that's what's I'm happening. For Final cut. I <laughs> yeah, but we're all <laughs> waiting to get to the yeah. era that we know so yeah. well, and it's just yeah. like this classic golden era. Right, and we're and like you, going through these, and you hear hints of it, and you're like, ah, there right it here, is, yeah, there here, it is. here, and we're just like, come on, how many albums? Yeah, here, hold on, can, can yeah, hold on. for the there? first, yeah, yeah, for the first time here though, it's more, it's eclipsed, like it's not fifty fifty anymore. Now it's starting to where it's like you know, 60, 70, 30, where it's like, okay, now we're really yeah. starting to hear it. Yeah, it's not yeah. just like, again, I mean, the Pink Floyd sound was always there, but now it feels like whatever. You, I mean, you listen to the way that, yeah, that, um, yeah, that, uh, 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 Dave sings on here. It's like, wow, that's, oh, that's really it. I mean, that's, uh, and there's a lot more of that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and the, uh, uh, and yeah, you could, I don't know, like I said, it, it just, just seems like it was the net, it was the next step in reaching right. that. That. And I totally see where gig, you're coming yeah. from because instead of, yeah. for instance, talking about, just part two of the narrow way we're talking about maybe you know three or four songs on this album or or, or more of it than just right like, oh yeah, yeah. you hear this two minute section wow isn't that cool you know yeah because yeah. i think there was like yeah there was like one song on saucerful that i i forgot what song it was but i i vividly remember saying like this is kind of where i first heard the first little blip of the golden era of Floyd. And you're absolutely right. Like you'll hear it and maybe a little part of one song here and there. And then the rest of the album is just experimenting and and doing something else. And it's like, and that's why I asked, like, why did they choose to go to that golden era of Floyd? Like, did they hear from outside fans that, you know, that was their favorite part and they saw success if they went that way. So they're like, all right, yeah. Like, okay, let's do a full album of that thing that everybody likes and then it turns out it's like weird to know the thought process if you weren't with it it could have just been a frustrating thing though is that you know it's not fair to compare them to uh van halen or you know gnr or you know metallica 
bands Fire. from a different era. They yeah. were just like record companies required them to put their best foot forward right off the bat. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you compare them to Zeppelin or The Who or Yes or Genesis, those bands hit their stride album two, three, you know, yeah, like right. they were ready to go. Yeah. And what's Pink Floyd doing? Like it's it's been a while here. Like, you know, we've we've got the bread, we've got the onions, we've got the A1. Like, where is the steak? Like, come on. Right. They, they're, like, they're like defrosting it very slowly. They're like, not a, yeah, they're not it's hard to compare them to any other because I mean those other bands were pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah, maybe uh, some very unique. Uh, but here, but yeah, Pink Floyd was always, I mean, kind of on the fringes. Yeah, they always kind of dealt in the, yeah, kind of everybody else was here and they were here. Though they did become yeah. kind of one of the, again, one of the benchmark bands once they finally Here's, found it. Let me share yeah. one more thought that I had yeah. during the week before we get to the track by track. You guys can yeah. pick up on it and discuss it too. I need yeah. to get some water. I've been doing a lot of talking. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, the man is parched. Pink, yeah. So Pink yeah. Floyd, um, you know, most bands, I think, would have started off their career with somebody like Sid and then Sid would have left whatever, you know, I just think like, you know, like Randy Rhodes leaving quiet riot and then they become a different band, but they're still called quiet riot. Like what if Pink Floyd had been called something else in the Sid Barrett years and they weren't Pink Floyd, would they be more able to be understood? Would they have not put these albums out and just been rehearsing and then been able to come out of the gate with Dark Side? You know, it almost feels like they should have been called something else, but because they only lost one member, they kept the moniker, they kept the name. Right. And they and were Pink Floyd, but it just feels like, you know, like, you know, like Pantera not really being Pantera before yeah, they were. Alice in Chains be not being Alice in Chains who they were. And they right. were all, you know, they came like, you know, they came out of a band that was just a different name and just a different group of people. But then two, three guys stuck it together and then they were ready to go. Um, that, I don't know. That's such that's such an interesting question, too. Um and I hear that a lot today just with peers, uh, especially when there's like a newer, younger band that's really hot and they have a, a really good, solid first couple albums. And then they happen to do something experimental and it doesn't do that well. And the one thing I hear from people is, oh, man, they should have just like did a different band for that and put oh, that out under it. Or that, exactly. Like, they should have just put that out under a different name, exercised that muscle, got it out, and then didn't let it jeopardize, for example, the face-to-face name, if you think that. I don't, but, you know, you know what I mean. So, yeah, that's a really interesting point, and I don't know if it's more like our point of view where we kind of expect and want that, where if you were, you know, you grew up in the 60s and 70s, you were more down with the band to experiment like that, and you won't judge into it. I don't know. It's... I think it's interesting that we've done two bands that have let's let's I mean you can say it would kind of stayed the same or or at least you know changed kind of gradually I mean if you compare Saint Anger with Kill 'Em All there's obviously a a huge difference but I mean you can Van Halen is Van Halen you put it on Van Halen one you know you can kind of tell. Right, band. right off. It's like boom, whereas yeah. this is kind of like if you put on some of the stuff, it, 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 you know, your first album, Pink Floyd, and then you're putting on the Division Ballard, you kind of wonder, like, oh, what, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Again, I mean, Pink Kevin. Floyd has always been kind of a ship unto themselves, like a lot of other. You've got these bands that are just, yeah, in the musical ocean. They're way out here, even amongst the other big bands, which are more in the mainstream, and they. Yeah, they're they're huge, but they were they've always kind of been their own. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, yeah, 
again, it's hard to compare them to the first two bands we did because I mean, this they were Pink Floyd was a slow burner. Where the other two, sure. I mean, the first the first the first two records of each of those bands, I mean, are considered. I mean, people love those records. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as much as anything else that they've ever done. Where with Pink Floyd, not necessarily, um, but maybe it makes mm-hmm. them a little bit more interesting because you you see they really had two different eras, really three actually, if you want to count. Yeah, the post. Uh, yeah, with uh, with the other two bands, it's just they was always that kind of core group of guys that just kind of yeah, they were it was they just went more a pop direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, to put it this yeah. way, yeah. Pink Floyd's eighth album, yeah. Dark yeah. Side of the Moon. Metallica's eighth album, Saint Anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, that's wild. Different yeah. eras, different bands. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. But it's been fun to explore, and uh, let's yeah. keep it going. Kevin, take it away. Yeah, this is one of these days. an opener or what can be described as an yeah, opening track you, you <laughs> stole it from me kicks butt yeah wow this song feels like it maybe belongs in the number one spot yeah. it's yeah. it's been uh-huh. quite a while before we How can say that to get the stacks out no more acoustic <laughs> guitar it's the 70s roll yeah. out the stacks yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. this rocks this is, <laughs> it does yeah, this is one of those songs i mean that uh, and i know mark was kind of disagrees a little bit but this is kind of the album where i feel like this is the first really like, real pink floyd moment yeah, where it's like, okay, this is like a, yeah, like a real, like, not just in general, as far as accessibility. Okay, this is like, all right, okay, they finally kind of gotten something. It's still very out there, because again, you got the beginning where it's a doop, 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 doop. It's like, okay, you're like, this is, you would think it would plot, but it doesn't, for whatever reason, that simple, just strumming kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I think that I don't know if they were the only ones who could have gotten away with that. <laughs> but then again, mm-hmm. it gets into that. Yeah, Gilmore like power chord strat kind of. I don't know what it is. It's very but raw. It's which is weird for a band. Yeah, for a band. Yeah. There. there is. Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah, which for seventy one is very. I, is it slide? I, I don't. It could be slide. I don't know. It's played oh, like wham yeah. oh, yes. would be. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's got, no, it's got that's a it's got, slide for it's sure. It's got a little bit of that Hendrixy kind of vibe to it, where you're just kind of wailing at. Uh, Every when I hear that uh, these songs, I think of like that live at Pompeii where you've got the yeah. shirtless Gilmore just cranking on the on his strat. Yeah, just I don't know. It's almost like yeah, it's very very weirdly like almost like proto metal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a very well, unique song. That there's there's yeah. a seventies groove and I love it. An early seventies oh, yeah. rock groove. Almost it almost feels a little deep purplish. I mean, they're very dialed in the heavy very, organ. Very deep purple, and then just a band that I grew up with in my household because my dad, and obviously they're a big slide guitar band, but Fog Hat. I yeah. hear so <laughs> much Fog Hat in this song, and maybe that's obvious with the slide, but 
Yeah. The soloing almost feels a little proto 80s to me, too. It mm-hmm. is. It's, it's unique. It's funny. I wouldn't, I, it's too bad he didn't do that more. But yeah, Dave, yeah, I think he's, I don't know if he's just too insecure or whatever, but man, yeah, when he wanted to, it's just got, it's got weight to it. His, yeah. Uh, Kevin, that, can you that, dial up some of that later soloing? Maybe around, uh, oh, I don't know. I didn't mark it down, like 3.30 or so. I've got around like two, yeah, between three and 3.30. Yeah. On sure, my notes. Yeah. So tasteful. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, it's uh, but that's like true power chord kind of but it's not though it's like but it's got that vibe yeah of course nick has got to ruin the moment (laughs) what (laughs) yeah that's nick you know what you know what that reminded me of this time you know what that reminded me of ozzy osborne oh Um, yeah yeah there's a song what is it yeah but when he does it it's cool I know, I know, I know what you're talking about, Kev. It's it's funny when you guys mentioned. Does it? It sucks. I, it's funny you mentioned that because I literally like right when we were starting, uh, our singer Kevin, who's uh, who may be a guest on the show at one point, depending on what he feels. But he's a he's a big Pink Floyd fan. He sent me this Facebook page where it's literally just Pink Floyd memes and people like making fun of certain albums. And there's a meme where, uh, like. It's like a split screen picture where on the left side, it's like two people fighting in the street and it says Roger and David. And then on the right side, it's a guy smoking a bong and it says Nick Mason. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like shows what the chemistry is in the band for sure. Oh, God, that's funny. Does does anybody have an issue with this being an almost six minute instrumental to kick off the album or did that not even? It's weird. No, it doesn't. That didn't bother me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. Because, again, it's probably one of the simpler. Because, again, like that bass intro, how long does that go on for? What, two minutes? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. It has a a, a little long to fade in. It has a vibe. I don't know. I, funny, this is one of the songs from that era that I, even outside of this podcast, I loved listening to, like yeah, like even years ago. I don't know. It mm-hmm. just had that kind of, again, maybe just because it rocked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for such an unusual song, it just really had that kind of unique, yeah. Yeah, well, here's the thing, and I told you guys this on, on the text, on the group text, but, you know, when we usually at the, when we finish up these shows, it's a Sunday night, and I'm off to go get a bag of nachos. I like my nachos, my post-show nachos, and uh, I'm off, you know, get in my car, and, and uh, it's cold. I'm not going to get on the bike, so I get, uh, <laughs> I go, I pop in, uh, or I pop in, I uh, <laughs> Bluetooth connect and uh, open up Spotify and pull up uh, metal, and I hear one of these days, and like I, I think I text everybody, I'm like, all right, we're here, yeah. can't wait, like, I'm glad that we've made yeah. it. Um, but like, do we like, that's what I'm saying. There's still like, they still got, you know, they got a really like, they've got like one foot in quicksand, like sixties quicksand. It's like, it's still a little stuck. And like, they're not like, it's in this weird spot where they're not going to go 
all out with the you know nutso psychedelio effects that i kind of liked when they did that like it's just they kind of you know if you're gonna have a two minute like bass intro like just make it a 15 second bass intro yeah or just go all out and have like a really cool put together thought out two minute intro yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I said I said the exact same thing, Mark. I mean, I, I'm just kind of preaching to the choir, but I just said, you know, hearing this for the first time, I'm like, much better. Finally, the first rager and the first sign of the wall era Pink Floyd, and you mentioned Run Like Hell, which I'll just say it now is maybe my favorite Pink Floyd song ever. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's Chris it's definitely earlier. So it's it's definitely up there. And there, there's a few other ones, but I said love the energy, the speed and the slide guitar and I said if the rest of the album is like this, we're in for a treat. I don't well. can't we'll 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 find <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll I find out if we get there. Segue. Yeah, try to get this transition there to Kevin. <laughs> yes, I, I appreciate that. Um yeah, so it's time to uh crack open that old case of the acoustic guitar that we know so well and we're gonna move on to a pillow of wings This is, um, you know, I, I saw this uh, referred to by many, many people on the internet as one of the most beautiful songs ever made. Um, you know, definitely a consideration for most beautiful Pink Floyd song. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I agree. Uh, just because there isn't <laughs> attack in a song, like I know everything's soft and swelly, and you know it definitely sounds like you know what Steve Howe is doing. It definitely sounds like you know where Yes would go with some other stuff, and like it's I, like I don't know, like it, it it's really like it, it, it just it feels like it's it's like just like this follows up one of these days, and it just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like maybe I'm complaining about the spot. Maybe it's just like it would be a beautiful closer after something super energetic. Like I'm thinking like soon from uh, Gates of Delirium with Yes. I kind of get that feeling. But like that's a beautiful song. Like Peter Gabriel's Mercy Street is a beautiful song. Yeah. Like this, eh, I don't know. One it's, of the most it's beautiful a, songs ever. It, mm. It's it's better than like what Grantchester Meadows or whatever. Yeah, which there's, is there's less just, frolicking going on here. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, there is. I, mean, I wanted to ask you about the lyrics because yeah. I actually they stood out to me, and I wondered if you picked apart it too. Uh, I did a little bit because uh, again, I mean, I, it's funny. I really wanted to crucify this song just because I'll create another, but I'm like, okay, it's more uh, as far as just you kind of winding down with your significant other, just kind of you know, watching the sun go down or whatever. Here, In the two spot though. Uh, no, well, I, I'm not talking about this. But I'm just. <laughs> It was funny, I because again I was ready to just really grill into the song, and I was driving home yesterday, and I put it, I flipped it on, and I'm like, and I felt good. Like by the by, like by the time I was halfway through it, I'm like, I felt calm and 
again, like that warm blanket moment. Like, okay, it's like, all right, there's something here. It's kind of like when I listen to smooth jazz, like after like a hard, uh, or just, I don't know. It just kind of, yeah, all the stress that I've been dealing with all of a sudden just kind of gets kind of pushed to the back. And so I got to give it to that. Maybe that's, maybe he, maybe Dave succeeded in that. Yeah, we're going to, it's just your kind of, it's a winding down song. And that's what it did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have an, I don't think I took any, uh, no, I didn't write down as far as any specific lyrics, but I just remember, yeah, as far as there's a lot of, you can see like after the, as the day is ending or whatever, you're sitting there with your beloved or whatever. Yeah. Just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Kinda, I, yeah. I feel like this song is easier to stomach after one of these days. As opposed to on some of the other albums where you just got like a you know a left jab from the one you know acoustic ballad after another, and then a right cross, here comes another acoustic ballad. You just punch <laughs> after punch of acoustic ballad, and and this one I felt like well with the wind sound transitioning into it, it it made mm-hmm. a little bit more sense. Do I like it in the two yeah. spot? I don't know. But, yeah, no, I agree. Like, where right. else well, are you, you going to put it? We're constrained by the formats and the medium at this time because ideally, if we were not, I feel like this would be a beautiful closer, especially mm-hmm. after yeah. Echoes. Yeah. You know, just to kind of just put the album to bed. And but they can't because you can't fit that much on the side of a vinyl. So or you know it's weird too, and I and I think they've done it before with the I don't know what is it is with the with that like uh, kind of finger picked acoustic guitar line sounds like brain damage i don't know it's got that kind of weird chimey kind of the temp- kind of picking pattern almost yeah, yeah right dun, yeah and the temp- dun, the tempo dun, dun, the tempo is yeah. very it was funny when i was listening to it with the tempo i kind of was singing like that in my head like brain <laughs> mm-hmm. but and i think they did it uh something similar on uh adam hart about it didn't they uh, i want to say there was there was another there's another acoustic yeah. bell that had that weird tempo with that like that jangly kind of finger pick guitar and i i don't know why uh, uh i don't know it's funny. It's like they had that idea. They were trying to find a spot for, it and they were going to keep throwing it out, thinking <laughs> that nobody would notice <laughs> until, and then they finally got it on Dark Side. But um, oh, and it's weird. I don't know if you caught this as far as a lyrical line, uh, "Eider Down." Do you remember where else that was in? It was in an earlier album, Mm-mm. actually, the what very first the one. Uh, "Eider Down." It, it, it was funny. Off of "Flaming," off of "Pipers," "Eider Down" is it's like a blanket or a comforter. Uh, mm-hmm. Sid saying that in in earlier. I don't know why it, it seems to be a part of their yeah their Vocab- whatever you want to call their lyrical yeah vo- vocabulary because I mm-hmm. it was funny I saw I'm like wait a minute so I went back and looked through the discography I'm like oh I oh, they pulled that out again that comforter I don't know that must be something they something that gives them joy when they're with their significant other just wrapped in a big blanket it's worth to have before uh, the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Right. All right. Two, can we, can we dial up at uh, two minutes 12? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you. Hey, oh, you. I know. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. That's what I was saying. Like with brain damage, there's a lot of that. I don't know. It's like they had these ideas and they just couldn't get them out. They just had to. It's like they were never satisfied. Like they would do it. And like, oh, maybe no. I'm gonna yeah, like, I'm, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna chisel that a little bit more for like okay for something in the future. And then that was yeah. my, my my opening yeah. point. I was trying to get at you know just that at least that discussion point that like, do we want to listen to them find their footing or is it better for them just to come out with hey you or brain damage fire on all like, cylinders this, right out of the box better <laughs> that you can hear it coming together like maybe but not for seven albums 
No, yeah, it, maybe first couple of it. Yeah, that's I, I guess what makes them interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also kind of weird in the song. You got that shift between major and minor key too. I think then that part that you had Kevin play was kind of that the drop uh, to minor. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's weird. It's it's very aggressive though. The drop like where you got this very kind of again warm blanket. Yeah, kind of where Dave's singing, and all of a sudden it drops into that. Mm-hmm. And it's like oh, that's kind of unusual. Yeah, Kev, there's one more part I want you to play on here, which it was kind of weird. It's a very fat. It's I mean, it's not a heavy sound, but I don't. know. It seems like the mu- uh, the music just kind of gets a little, takes a little bit more weight to it at 405. Uh, it's hard to explain. I want to see if you guys notice it. Yeah, there's like this weird kind of yeah. It's like fanning up. Maybe it sounds better through my car stereo. I don't know. There, but I noticed. I don't know. There felt like there was kind of like a. I don't know if it was the bass. Maybe it just kind of all of a sudden pushed up that kind of uh, like end section. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, you got anything on this song before we move on? No, I mean you. You really kind of took the words out of my mouth there uh, with this one. I never heard the whole bit about oh, one of the most beautiful songs ever. And I do think that it being in the two spot, I don't know, maybe just because I look back at the last couple records and the two spot is, I don't know, it seems like it's been sort of the snoozer part to me where it's e- it's either, like, what was it? If. Yeah, no, like, well, yeah, it was, wasn't it if coming out of Adam Hart Mother? And yeah. it, like, and you guys Grand were like, you, you're like, I just sat through 20 minutes and now it's this and I just can't help but think of that <laughs> yeah. here in the two spot. And I, I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Mark. Like, I just I didn't quite get why, but maybe I got to listen to it more. I guess I don't have much on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, I guess there's a reason for being silent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> You're just hoping to sit in the back, not be called on. <laughs> nah, maybe we'll get something more with Fearless. Rise above the fear lines in his brow. You song is we were talking a little bit earlier before the show kev you had thrown out like oh this song kind of sounds like an old band you're in and i it took does. that as it does it really does and i was kind of thinking like oh maybe that means that he doesn't like it but man i think <laughs> this this song is fantastic love the open g tuning uh, the melodies, so many warm blankets on this song. I wrote that immediately. Just the melodies are fantastic in this song. And I, you know, some of the guitar work is a little Floyd to me, a little Southern rock, which, you know, that's probably pretty obvious with the open G tuning, but a uh, huge fan of Fearless. 
You know what's where I I wanted to like this song more than I did. I just hear so many influences on here. I mean, it's not you know what the first thing that jumped out at me, especially with the guitar playing, was like a Led Zeppelin acoustic song. Yeah, yeah when they, like right. he's playing, it, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't, I, yeah, I, off of yeah, off of Zeppelin, thing, I just couldn't unhear it. Uh, and it, yeah, it's yeah, I, maybe a little bit of uh, kind of Stephen Stills, uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash too. Just the way he plays is very kind of really digs in there. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I guess it was just too much of that where I just had a hard time kind of absorbing the musical part of it. Though lyrically, it's very interesting, uh, kind of a conquering your fear type of song. Uh, it's funny. I guess this song has become kind of like an anthem in, in Liverpool for a lot of the for one of the sports teams. I think I don't know if it was the soccer team there. Uh, was that what or, that well, stupid yeah. ending was all about? Yeah, yeah it's the yeah. Liver, like, it's what? the it's the Liverpool so- or football team, I guess you would yeah. say over there. It's their chanting yeah. in the stands. I have a bold idea. Yeah. Cut it and just have the guitar <laughs> fade out. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, yeah, that well, was weird. Let's just get rid of that part. We're, yeah, we're, we, I know we're not Brits, it's, you know, and, and we you don't care about soccer over I, here. I, do. I mean, I, not 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 I, to offend I our Liverpoolians. Yeah. But uh, uh, why don't we yeah, put the, the Super Bowl shuffle at the end of a song? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But yeah, that was my uh, only let's problem ram with it. it was yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, this is yeah, one of those riffs that, like, I, I wrote a bit CME, you know, where it's like, <laughs> like you could just hear somebody playing this stupid riff over and over. Like, well, and the I know issue it's, it's, is that they play it over and over. That's yes, my problem. It it's too darn to long. On and Dun, on da, da, and on. Yeah. That's the issue. I, like, I don't it, have it just, a, this. There's cool parts going with the song, and I liked the clip that I played and and the texture that's going on. This reverberating guitar that swells in. And the acoustic really isn't bad. It's just, God, six minutes of it. And it's just, it kind of feels like six minutes of noodling on a riff. And that's what irritates yeah, me just, about the song. And, right. and, and like, you know, when you, when you play that clip and you can listen to the bass, um, you know, like you think that that's a great opportunity. You have the guitar riff and then the bass can do some kind of counterpoint. Well, the bass doesn't do counterpoint. The bass does the same thing. It just goes up the scale and it just, it's just not good enough. Like it just... I feel like it just was uh, the piece was there, but they just wanted to Failed. jam yeah, and didn't want to. Yeah, that's when I kind of feel like sleeping on the it. job fil- fits with yeah. uh, what they were doing here or wasting studio time or whatever. Yeah, like they could have just yeah. honed it a little. Yeah, like, like I said, my, my biggest problem was just, yeah, the myriad of influences on here without really kind of distinguishing it. Because uh, again, as soon as that guitar play, I'm like, it sounds like Jimmy Page. <laughs> like I couldn't. And then all of a sudden, and even the transition into the vocals is very like that's where I kind of was kind of distracting too, because again it goes into like uh, the previous song, where very kind of like David Gilmore just kind of singing yeah, very lightly again like it's almost like again like a blank a warm blanket around you, but it's not as warm a blanket as the previous song, which was set up for that. Here it feels like there's no focus, and I wanted this should have been the one that jumped out at me, and it didn't because i just there were just too many things that i just couldn't sure. let go <laughs> alex, are, we, are we beating up on this song yeah i was i was gonna ask alex if you wanted to come in here and no take a I, I still i know i i i defend this song i don't i mean it, I, Screw I was you guys bit, <laughs> yeah no i was a little bit more fan I was yeah. a little bit more hurt when I wasn't getting the uh, full support on uh, face-to-face ignorance is bliss, but this one, it's free reign. <laughs> it was my first listen. I don't have any uh, close ties to the band, so I'm just objectively, I love this song. And I just read, too, that uh, 
This was the B-side to the One of These Days singles, a single, and uh, I would buy that single right now. That on the A-side, this on the B-side, oh boy. Ring me up. <laughs> okay. Hey, I want. Well, I do want to say that I gave my my decent support to face to face. Oh, you sure problem. did. Yeah, I, I should. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't include everybody in that statement. That's true. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I was. I think maybe we're not here to kiss bands. Go butts. listen to the episode. Yes. Yeah, that's what it says on the website. Um, but we have to move on. Uh, does Does Roger Waters can Can he save? Us after his last outing of Grandchester Meadows with San Jose. <laughs> I see uh, the answer out. already. Things they say. Digging for gold in the hole in my hand. Open the book, take a look at the way things stand. And you're leading me down to the place by the sea. This is why you sometimes have to listen to songs or albums more than once just to because, man, did I hate this for the first time. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like, yeah, like uh, uh, Roger Waters meets Burt Bacharach. Like, it's really uh, just that weird kind of uh, like Tin Pan Alley kind of songwriting. Yeah, really kind of. Yeah, it's almost almost like a show toony kind of. And uh, yeah, I don't know, but it was funny on the second listen, I started kind of digging, kind of like think looking through my own the musical Rolodex. I'm like, OK, this is kind of. A little unique. I mean, not enough to, to I guess, save it. Yeah, I guess in my, uh, I mean, you hear a little bit. Of, and again, I don't think Steely Dan was out at this time, but I kind of got a little bit of Steely Dan vibes. Yeah, like oh, this weird kind of ja- yeah, jazzy. Jazz. Yeah. yeah, very jazzy. Very. But again, it almost has like a cinematic quality. You can close your eyes like watching like mm-hmm. Butch, yeah, Butch yeah, Cassidy yeah. or 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 the Sting or anything like that. And you can just hear like it was, like it just it's it's just, uh, again this you could say this is one of the soundtrack pieces I guess on here. Uh, uh, does it, oh, yeah. does, that word too? Yeah, yeah, does it belong? Does it belong though? I don't know. It's very it's very different. It's hard to yeah. I don't know. Maybe in a different context, maybe I wouldn't be so hard on it. It was just really yeah. Again, kind of like that big speed bump. Like, well, maybe if that speed bump was here, yeah, and not here, <laughs> I yeah, don't know, maybe yeah. it would have no, resonated. I was going yeah. to say the same thing, Chris, especially yeah. with the soundtrack vibes, yeah. is, you know, I didn't watch the movie more. Like I said, I only watched yeah. the first couple minutes of it. I, I said I was going to come back to it, and I never did. And just hearing this song... I'm like, well, the, yeah, this absolutely sounds like a soundtrack song. Like, if I didn't watch more, I would think to myself, mm-hmm. oh, this song should have been on that album because it's very, you know, picturesque or movie-esque or however you want to say it. But, yeah, in my opinion, I I like it. I, I just, again, I go back to, I just, I appreciate their musical diversity Yeah, where they can just do stuff like this. Like, I've said it in the past where they can do that Beach Boy, Simon and Garfunkel thing so well, right. but sort of put their spin on it. 
And then you go and you listen to them do something like this jazz bossa nova coffee shop song, and it's like they kill it. They do it so well. Yeah, it, that's, and, that's, and, yeah. and maybe it maybe it should have been for like a different project for a different band, and maybe it doesn't like fit in the context of the album. But like judging the song on its own, I mean, like it's an objectively like it's a fun song. And I said I I didn't really hear a whole lot of anything like this prior to, and if I did, it was a lot slower, like more of a soft folk rock kind of thing. And I appreciated the tempo here, and it kept me engaged in more slide work. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciated yeah. it. Here, I when I close my eyes for this, you know what I see? Saint-Tropez. I see <laughs> David Lee Roth covering Cabo Wabo. Wow. He, oh, like, that's, he, that's the lyrics kind of remind me a little bit of Cabo Wabo, yeah, but little, it would be that David Lee Roth vaudevillian, yeah. Yeah. You know, goofy music video. That's very David Lee Roth. He did. He, think he about loved, it. I, right. And I know Dave loved that kind of music, like that kind of whatever you want to call it, early 20th century kind of, what do you, what do you call vaudevillian? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's even admitted uh, uh, to that because I think he even did it on some, really on a lot of his later solo albums too. I know mm-hmm. he did a few of these weird little, yeah. Uh, uh, like these weird big band kind of, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like just, Pruner. Just, just the gigolo is very yeah. much like that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like, but yeah, it was funny. I was looking at some of the lyrics, yeah, and it's kind of like a break in a stick with a brick on the sand, riding a wave in the wake of an old sedan. Yeah, okay, that's all beach. It's a it's a touristy kind of song. You can t- yeah. again, you like you close your eyes and you can you can picture what he's doing throughout the day. I, I like in this, yeah. Roger finally got me with this one. He he didn't get me with the legless wonder, Corporal Clegg. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he didn't get me like, yeah he didn't get me frolicking in the fields with grant chester meadows but he finally got me with this one it just reminds me of like 1970 french riviera you're pulling yeah, yeah. in oh, yeah. in your ferrari daytona and yeah. this song is like being played by a band by the by you know the sea you know the mediterranean yes. mm-hmm. and you're just like uh, it just gotta, gets me gotta, into that vibe. I, I wish hope. I were driving a Ferrari Daytona to the French Riviera. Come, out, I'm come not, out with but. a come out with a turtleneck and a nice glass of scotch. Yeah, subtle gold it, chain. It, yes, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a yeah. trip from the Billabong shorts and the CME parking <laughs> yeah. ticket. I guess so I, 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 you, that's what that. I'm saying. They cover all the bases. They can do it. Yeah, all. it's got a it's got a little bit of it's got a little bit of blue blood in it too, like that upper kind of yeah, a little crusty aristocrat. Roger would faint if we were saying this. Yeah, oh, it's funny. It, it's funny. I kind of withdraw my head shaking from earlier because it's weird. This is a song I struggled with because, again, I had to listen to it a few times just to like, OK, is there something I'm missing here? OK, I'm being more objective. And I'm like, this is kind of a neat little. Yeah, yeah kinda, like I'll tell you who is missing, though. Song. I'll tell yeah. you who is missing. Uh, Kevin, can you play the last 10 seconds of the clip you played? Please don't Ooh. tell me it's a drum thing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! <laughs> uh, let me see. That, that'd be around here. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's that, that the worst jazz drumming I've ever heard. Yeah. Like it really is. It's just like straightforward. Just duh, kuh, duh, kuh, duh, kuh. <laughs> like it's like it's jazz drumming is supposed to swing and groove and it's supposed to sit in the pocket and it's just supposed to be like it's just. But instead of you just a like it's just so like I hate to be singing drums on this podcast, but really like and 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 if it's it's even worse like at two thirteen I don't even need to play you can dial it up but you know like there's some actually really good jazz vamping from from mr gilmore 
Like there's uh, just a weak link in this band. Like there really is. <laughs> like, and, and I hate yeah. to keep going at it, but like some yeah, of the God, drumming just like stands out. It's just so amateur. Yeah. God help you if you ever run into Nick on a street corner somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, You're that, well, in that case, he'll, he'll, be pulling, he'll be pulling by in his many Ferraris. His Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Twenty million dollar two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> all right. But yes, yeah, so we have to get uh, if if. You wanted a foretaste of some of the animal sounds um, or some of the, maybe we got that already in some of our previous albums, but we're going to get a little bit more with a little blues ditty here. what pink Floyd can't do (laughs) i love that you know what i was gonna suggest i was gonna suggest this this suggest that they bring mrs mason back into the studio kick (laughs) the dog out get some (laughs) flutes in there (laughs) get the flute back in because you know what i'll be honest this is the second time i've heard this song because after i heard the first time i said i'm not listening to this one (laughs) i'm just skipping it every time it comes up yeah. Yeah, so maybe was, there's something good there, but I didn't stick around to find out. It's yeah. one dog of a track. Yeah, I, I was I was trying oh. to figure out if it's as yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out is it is it as annoying as our dogs are? I don't know. I know Mark and I were talking about just how loud our our uh, yeah, our companions are. The meter for sure. Yeah, it's it's funny. Could could our yeah could uh, any of ours have done better? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's but a great it, idea for a feature. I'll just go bring uh, the mic up to Sakari when she's in her crate and wants to get out and just record that and just her some heavy and yapping and throw that in there, and then that'll be art. Yeah, it's what I. Th- it, it was funny. I was reading up uh, again in this long article on the making of the record, uh, and I think even the band has kind of disavowed this. Uh, they're saying it was tr- they were trying to be funny and it just didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> and nobody got yeah. it. It's like, yeah. What was but what was supposed to be funny about it? Like was uh, supposed to be I ironic or maybe I don't know. I I don't think they weren't specific. I think it was like one of those you have they just threw out one comment and like please can we end the conversation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I don't think it, it just, was. Uh, I don't need Pink Floyd doing like this this standard blues, and it almost seems like oh blues the dog barking you know ooh howling in the night. I I don't know. It just seems lame. I don't know. <laughs> seems like i just think it is pure unadulterated lameness i mean there's just nothing <laughs> pure unadulterated <laughs> like, lameness i like that. i don't even know if it, like, <laughs> if it even deserves a terminate because a terminate like there's something special sometimes about a terminated song you could make a playlist out of terminated music really and just be like for the other side of metallica welcome to my world you know like there's just i don't know like it's just not even interesting enough to terminate Oh, this poor two minute and fourteen second song. Yeah, at least it's short. Shorter. Yeah, this one should have been the half album, twenty three minute progressive rock one, right? <laughs> yeah, too I, bad I, that I, didn't happen. I wanted another twenty minutes of this song, yeah. honestly. The dog barking uh, through a phaser. 
Alex, uh, yeah. do you want to get in on this? I know you got some deep thoughts about this. One. No, I think you really uh, like that. Woo, 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 yeah, part. I pretty much, I, I pretty much have no thoughts on Seamus. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, to... for some, sorry to the dog. Uh, leave it out. Hold on, I was trying to find that quote from. Uh, do we know the on, dog's you... name? Was it Seamus? Uh, I think, it was, apparently, it, it, oh, oh, I think there might be a trivia question in here, so I'm going to refrain from uh, oh, saying okay. anything. Who knows? Um, I was trying to find a quote. <laughs> okay, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Alex, get off Wikipedia, Alex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to hear any clicking computers. over there yeah. and scrolling was, that's going on. I was trying to find the, uh... oh, yeah, here we go. Uh... Oh, that was classic rock magazine. Uh, a throwaway that's meant to be humorous filler with an annoying howling doctor out. Uh, I'm trying. Where was? Yeah, there was something from David Gilly where he said yeah, that they were just trying to be again like that. I don't know if it's British humor or whatever where they're trying and it just fell flat. Well, like a, like, I mean, a, like a lead brick. Their <laughs> credit in an interview, it's like you know yeah. we're Pink Floyd, we've sold a gazillion records, and you're gonna waste our time talking about this song. Oh, here I, like, I found oh, yeah, it. I can, I can see they're just being like, "Yeah, we're not going to talk about this." Yeah, <laughs> because you know Gilmore, what? We yeah. would put out some of the most iconic music ever. No, no. Let's get Nick this. and Dave on this show and talk nothing else <laughs> but this song, and not let yeah. up until they hang up. What do you know? Yeah, was. Note of this song. Yeah, David Gilmore added. Yeah, I guess it wasn't really as funny to everyone else as it was to us. So yeah, I think it was just a British kind of. I don't know. It could have been well, stoned. Do you know I mean, who what knows? You do in that scenario, yeah. Dave. You'll you leave it off my vinyl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. Wait, yeah. it's been so long. Hang on. They can't put their experiments on my vinyl. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There we go. Is that, a first, is that a first in the Pink Floyd series? I feel like I haven't heard that in a while. And you oh, know yeah, what? That's, I, impre- that's because I've been such a fan of the this era of stuff that I haven't been the one crit- critiquing. I guess it could apply definitely to our, you know, our endless bird sounds too that that i think chris threw that out there get <laughs> right? your bird well, I, calls I, I, off my record I, I, or whatever yeah, I, I think that 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 statement makes more sense with a band who is uh, way out of their wheelhouse like when van halen what, what was that on balance where they threw what was that strung out like okay that, yeah or yeah that, that, that's yeah that's afternoon at the park or, or whatever yeah that's kind of a band, yeah doing something that you can tell this is not i mean it was, pink floyd has been experimenting since the very beginning so you kind of let you kind of let it slide in most right. instances you look All right, at Chris, it are you ready? Because I've got a lot of time stamps dialed up for echoes. So. I do. Yeah. So do well, I. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I hope. Get I your, hope. That- get your play finger ready. <laughs> I hope they're all in the noise too, section too. I, I want to hear a, a twelve minutes, twelve minutes thirty-two. I hope they're all in yep. that section. Yep. <laughs> all right, here I is echoes. We're gonna close out Michael.
funny, maybe just being a Stones fan, but I love that groove. That's a Stones groove. It is I'm, a good groove. Yeah, you're just, I I'm just waiting. I love the way it's mixed. You feel it like is. you're oh, yeah, right in good. front of the drums. Yeah, and, and Nick's drumming is okay. It, it's a, it's very, it's not, he's not doing a lot. <laughs> he's kind of, he's kind of sitting back and just letting the, again, but it's yeah, not, again, it's just pocket. kind of a, it, it, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I was, you, you kind of wait for, you're kind of expecting like, we're okay. Is Mick Jagger going to jump in here and start singing? Cause it's got, it's, but it's weird. But then you got Dave's guitar playing. It's like, okay, there's Dave. But you know what's weird? Kinda, well, yeah. we still have that in our heads fresh. That last little solo lick that he played there is so not a David Gilmore lick. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. like, like it's so weird. Like right there, like, it's just like, he doesn't, he doesn't uh phrase his lines like that like that chord inversion like it's just so not like it's just weird i like it but it's just it's just not a david gilmore sound i also thought it was fascinating (sighs) again because with a lot of the uh, other kind of 20 plus minute pink floyd uh experimental songs up to this point yeah a lot of the pieces don't necessarily gel it's almost well i think they kind of admitted later yeah this is the first time they actually kind of thought about it actually constructively put together a 23 minute um, cause again, when you get to like that dark, like interlude part that, uh, Kevin was talking about, it's weird. It actually kind of works. Cause you feel like you're kind of at a party and you're kind of grooving or smoking, whatever, <laughs> and mm-hmm. having a drink, but it's all of a sudden it's like, you're leaving the party and then, but it's like, it's not getting home turns into kind of a very dark kind of, it's almost, it almost, again, it almost has a cinematic quality to it where you're kind of watching yep, like as voy- for voyeuristic, like you're kind of watching from the. The darkness you're seeing like a person to a couple people leaving and then all of a sudden on their way home something happens mm-hmm. and it's like Kevin, okay, and the fun you... and the fun stops and then okay yeah. but then, and then it's weird then it comes out of it again it's like, okay they made it and you feel like it's it's got almost this uh um around 15 20 uh, kevin if you could pull that up where it sounds like they're coming out of the darkness mm-hmm. it's got a real like dreamy kind of state too almost like they were in like you were in like a kind of a altered state of mind Yeah, then you got that guitar din, 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 like right under that. I love that too. I, yeah. I, I had that noted. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of what Yes would do uh, when they rebuild close to the edge wow. with the huge Rick Wakeman organs. Mm-hmm. Where it's nothing but that. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Before we leave the dark part, uh, Kevin, can you play 12 minutes? Mm-hmm. I got a clip. That reminds me so much of the scene from Star Trek: The Voyage Home when they do the time travel, and that they're just kind of like the the slow motion, super yeah. special effects guys just going past the camera. Oh yeah, it's like almost it's exactly what Chris is talking about, where you leave the world and you're just kind of in this suspended time space. Right, and you it just also, reminds yeah. me of like like when I I just like when I hear this, like that what pops to my mind is like I'm watching a movie. But like I'm actually trying to sleep, like I'm not trying to watch the movie. But then this part comes on and it wakes me up. It's like, would you shut up with the synth trumpets? Because I'm trying to sleep. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, I think it was the second time I listened to the record, uh, and again, I was listening to Echoes before I went to bed. 
And I had to shut that part off because it was just it was giving me anxiety. <laughs> trying to, it's, like, it's like it's pitch black in my room and I've got that. It's like, okay, this is not, no, this is not, okay. Do I have to check in my closet or make sure there's no monsters under my bed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Couple yeah. things I heard from yeah. this song, and and again, like I stated at the beginning of the show, I had never heard this song before, and I know this is sort of a a fan favorite from this record. Uh, the beeps I heard at the very beginning, I don't know if that was sort of maybe simulating like a sonar. Sad, that's exactly what I wrote. I said it opens up sounding like sonar or a submarine underwater. Like I feel like I'm watching Da's boat or what the heck was that? Hunt for Red October, <laughs> Da's boat. And uh, here's a little clip. I hope it plays because I know this is streamed in mono, so I don't know if it'll get picked up. But uh, Kev, if you can kind of cue up maybe around 835, uh, right around, you'll play for about 5, 10 seconds. I want to see if it gets picked up because I have a funny little bit here. That was to nine minutes. Okay, I I feel like I didn't hear it there. Maybe I got my timestamp, but I remember listening to this today, and I'm like, did I just hear a dive bomb right around eight thirty five to eight forty? And I know Mark, you mentioned that during one of these days, you thought you heard some whammy bar, and I swore, and maybe it's you'll hear it more if you listen to it in stereo. But I feel like I literally heard like a whammy bar dive bomb like on a Floyd Rose at one point during that section and I couldn't help Kevin to think about the Jackson dive bomb that ended up on the Cosmic <laughs> Drift EP so just you know you guys I, I've been mentioning we've, we've been alluding to this you know throughout the various episodes on this show about this other band I was in so let's just lay it on the table at this point I was in this band and I don't know if they're going to listen to it confession here we go it's a confession Uh, but I was in I was in a psychedelic rock band for about a year and we put out an EP engineered by yours or Kevin I was about to say yours truly but Kevin here and uh, there was about a five-song EP, and the first song on the album was like a uh, kind of a spacey intro. And I remember <laughs> we recorded it with Kevin, and we knew exactly what parts we recorded. And I remember Kevin sending me the rough mixes back. And I'm listening to this intro, and out of nowhere, there's a Jackson with EMG's Floyd Rose dive bomb on this like 1968-influenced psychedelic rock record. <laughs> He was pulling it from Echoes. Now I know where it originated from. <laughs> That's where it came That's from. Uh, I'll have to dig up that track. I don't know if I... St- yeah. Maybe the files got erased. Who yeah. knows what happened? I'm yeah. <laughs> talking about terminated from existence. We can, we can only no, hope now. Yeah. The only thing, the only yeah. thing else I was going to say is I, I do feel like this is probably the best long song uh, so far. Yeah. And I will say... Listening to this, it's almost sort of like an amalgamation of all sort of Floyd up until this point, kind of packed into one song. I, guess I like said that too. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I was. Too, but it's that's funny. All I had. Yeah, I was thinking. Uh, yeah, just my description as far as kind of going from like having fun to ending up in a dark place. I don't know uh, how many kind of like '60s music docs that you've watched, but I remember 
watching, uh, it was on the Monterey Pop Festival, and uh, talking about, because, I mean, that was pretty much the height of people taking acid, uh, and they had this thing call, uh, called called uh, the freak-out tents, like people that had bad trips. Like, if they'd have a problem, they could would, would yeah. be, like, got into these tents, and they'd be, yep. be, yeah. And then as soon as, yeah, they were, well, then they'd have to take, then they'd have to help. But I was thinking, like, this kind of song is kind of, like, kind of reminds me of, like, that kind of moment where you're having fun. Like, the music is pretty conventional. You're having, enjoying yourself, and all of a sudden, you drop something. And then all of a sudden, you end up in that midsection <laughs> mm-hmm. where it's just, and then you get through it, and then you come back up. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, that's the thing I liked about this song. Not that it's, uh, but it's just that it has that kind of, uh, that kind of weird kind of, yeah, kind of light to dark mind state or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. I wonder if you clip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, can you dial up uh, 1626? I think this represents that rebirth a bit. This is one of those moments that you just, like, when you hear it, you just know it's good. see your point alex where you're saying where it's it's all coming together just with yeah. with everything pink floyd has done i mean you hear that run like hell just that staccato uh strumming on a single note you hear the echoes coming by you hear rick Wright's more ethereal organish mm-hmm. sounds but it's also just more sweeping um and like i we knew you know what i hear in that like i hear cinema i hear 15 years later like michael mann like the yeah, end of a vice sure. episode this sure, would fit yeah. right hey, and it sounds like brothers in arms dire straits even heat mm-hmm. like 25 yeah, right. years later this would fit like this is good and i think they were serious about it like when they were talking when pink floyd was talking um or they were talking about more and they said like well you know we weren't sure this band thing would work out maybe we would be uh film uh composers and they were i think they were serious about it because uh they, they it really comes up a lot especially here Hey, hey, Kev, can you play uh, 1815? There's this really cool ambient, like, hard rock guitar that he plays that I have, I've only ever, ever heard in kind of some of the more underground ambient music I listen to. 15 uh, or 50? Or, or 18, 18, 18, minutes, 15. 50, yeah, 18 minutes, 15 seconds. Okay. Perfect. It starts around there, but there's this really unique kind of... Yeah, I love that. I don't know because again, like it was just—it was so different. Uh, and I've heard it a lot. It's used similarly in a lot of again underground ambient music, uh, like uh, Eric Wallow. I don't know if anybody knows him, or uh, Ulrich Strauss is another one. Uh, these where they use guitar in very unique kind of ways, like that. Uh, and this is, I guess, could be like the proto kind of influence of that. But I just really, I'm like, oh wow, mm-hmm. that was they were doing that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Then, yeah. It, as we close off to like the way this song ends, we don't have to play it, but like it's really time to retire that day in the life idea or the bike idea. Like it, it's time. Like we're done. We've done it like three or four times now. And it's like it's like this it's again one of those things that just like the sixties are over. But again, like right. I guess it's it's kind of nice because this concludes Pink Floyd's up. era. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they like it really, I guess I could see it now. Maybe I shouldn't be as harsh on it as I was when uh, first listening to this, but I mean, they never did a song like this again. Um, yeah. I don't think they even did a 15 minute song again. No. Um, I guess unless you want to include shine on you, crazy diamond uh, split on, uh, you know, bookending the album, but right. well, I don't know. I mean, like, split it. <laughs> we're, like we're a year away from, um, you know, close to the edge. We're yeah. you know, like a year and a half away from Genesis and supper's ready. Um, I mean, you're talking about, you know, far, far musically superior and talented groups pulling Doing, off 20 yeah. plus minute songs that if you just look, if you just listen, pull up that song and you pull up close to the edge or suppers right on YouTube and just click and skip around, like, you know, check a sample every minute and just the length and musical, you know, just a dexterity of it is so far beyond what Pink Floyd was doing with this that it's like, okay, I could see him being like, yeah, we're done with that. Well, it's We're funny, done, you, see, no you, you, you see ultimately, I mean, that their ultimate strength are pop songs, ultimately. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, where you could see, they were, that's where they really flourish is when they get away from the really, the, kind of the stuff that they, in an essence, kind of gave birth to, but yeah, the other bands like kind of did better. Forward, you know, like, and, and yeah. that's where, you know, back to the very beginning of the show when we were uh, talking about whether or not Pink Floyd is a progressive rock band. Uh, are they psychedelic rock? Are they progressive rock? Are they just rock, pop rock? Like, are they just too well-known to be really one category? But Right, I think it's more that. It's hard to, I think it's clear to see now at this very moment in time that they saw where this was going and either decided they wanted to know more of that or that they were just <laughs> done with it, ready to move on because other bands were just doing so much better, uh, you know, so much more complicated, or I guess more... Um, ambitious takes of the one side of an LP being one track and, you know, very ambitious musically. So I could really see that being just like, yeah, I, we're not going to be a progressive rock band. Can I get in here real quick? I want to yeah. expound on that question. Now, I want to, one, I, I do like this song overall. Um, I do think it could be maybe a couple minutes shorter. <clears throat> There's always room for the knife to come out <laughs> in the right, editor's it, room. It, it, it was it was funny. I put uh, my last note for the song was uh, was pretty much I was done at 21 minutes, and I know there was like <laughs> yeah. another two or three minutes. At 21:17, I said, "Let's just cut this off." Yeah, you did okay. Right. So that was okay. But anyway, how, sorry, Kevin. Yeah. So on that on that <laughs> note that you just said, Mark, about like Pink Floyd, and and maybe they decided that it was done, and they didn't want to pursue this direction anymore. How come they get credit for it? But Metallica wouldn't going from say Justice to the Black Album. Why? Why would Pink? Oh yeah, you know, let's give props to Pink Floyd for realizing that they've taken this as far as they can take it, and then Metallica are sellout sellout jerks. Yeah, that's back in the day. Did did Pink Floyd intend to make money with Dark Side, or was it just the kind of thing that happened? Because Metallica went all in. With Bob yeah, Rock. that's true. He said, "We want to become multimillionaires." Yeah, so give it's, us the yeah, Motley Crue. Give us the Doctor Feelgood sound. Pink Floyd. I don't know. Like they still continued to write progressively tinged music yeah. well after Dark Side. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's I don't true, know. True, but you, you got, can't you, you can't necessarily say that Metallica just was doing it just to make money. I'm sure well, it was a part of it, but I mean the problem with. Lars notwithstanding, career and Van Halen's it, to some point is that once they crossed the Rubicon and once they became Metallica with Bob Rock, they really never effectively went back to the Kill 'Em All days or to the early yeah. Dave days, or even or even the Sands, 80s days, the very yeah, very yeah. last album that they both put out. Like mm. there really was no return to it. Where Pink Floyd did at least give you. 
I don't know. We'll get there. But oh, that. D- what well, you yeah, mean we'll that DNA from their like their uh, from all their. Yeah, I mean, you were not getting any, you know, kill them all type music post Bob Rock era. No, they, not at all. Yeah, and, yeah they, and, they, they maybe, were. Maybe yeah. with Hardwired, you, you got a little bit of it back. You were not getting any, you know, Girl Gone Bad or um, even some of the like, like, I don't know, Big Bad Bill or some of the fun Dave songs in the, in yeah. the Van Hagar era, really. Um, until Dave came back, the very last record, you know, with Bullethead or some of those kind of more fun songs. So, you know, it just maybe that's where a lot of the chrism comes from is that they, you know, never went back to what fans were into the band before they were big, liked them for. Well, I just thought I'd throw it out there. You don't know state of mind because again, because again, at this point, I think it was funny. I came across another quote in this long article I read about this record. Yeah, that at this point, yeah, yeah, Pink Floyd was at the point where they were. They could support themselves very well just doing what they were doing, but they didn't have a garage filled with super like with sports cars yet. But they were like right, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a working it was like band. The, yeah, it was like I don't know, maybe that's where they they saw that. And again, maybe you get you just get sucked into that. Yeah, you, a lot of bands yeah. had that happen too. You kind of you're at the precipice of the next kind of maybe. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know. The, it seemed like they were. I mean, obviously Dave and and Nick are big Ferrari guys and all that. And yeah, and uh, you know Roger Waters has his causes or whatnot, and maybe he sees himself as a john lennon figure i don't know if i want to yeah. you know take it that far or you know sit put words in right. his mouth or whatever but I, I feel like maybe they i mean they were in abbey road at the exact same time as the beatles right and maybe they saw like you know you know we want to become bigger than than what we are or you know and this is our opportunity to do it by really honing in our our efforts and stop putting it on an album ever every uh um you know every year so all right, yeah, I guess we're we're about twenty minutes up on this track, but hey, it's a twenty minute <laughs> song, so <laughs> that's is what it is. So yeah, let's move on. Let's do seven for the bye. Chris, take it away. First one, two, three gets an extra All bye right. or terminate. All right, let's go. All right, okay. All right, question one: True or false? Uh, San Tropez is the only song on the album with no co-writing from David Gilmore. to say true uh you are correct yes yeah that was a all yeah kind of uh a full roger waters all in <laughs> yeah he just came with the song uh, yeah, fully done yeah no there was no other input all mm-hmm. right there we go it's the only one with his vocals on it yeah yeah you're right um all right uh question number two um the initial theme for the album cover was supposed to follow what came before it on Adam uh, 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 Mother, uh, yeah, the rear end of an animal. The true or false? Yes, Mark. Uh, that is true. I did read that. It was supposed to be a baboon's butt. But I know. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's and funny. I, in the hope, I didn't look. I hope there are like just early prints or presses of it with that. Are there? <laughs> yeah, when you love it, like a limited edition, it's just the baboon's ass. <laughs> Pink Floyd baboon butt. Let's see what comes up. That's funny. Yeah, a band that sold a quarter of a billion records and they have an album with a, it's just an ass of a baboon. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's a censored version. Yeah, True. there is no, uh, uh, look what the cat, no, what is it? Uh, open up and say ah version. Opa, open up and say ah, right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, I got a tie here. All right. Uh, question number two: uh, True or false? Uh, the dog in the song "Seamus" belonged to Nick Mason. 
True or false? Yes, uh, I think oh, that was yeah. Alex. Alex, yeah. False. Uh, correct. Uh, it belonged to uh, Steve Marriott of Humble Pie, who I guess it was also recording in the same studio they were. Well, All right, because so he super... had a dog in the studio B that they had to bring it in an A and put. Well, it's funny they said they it. it was that was this was kind of a funny little uh, uh, kind of little piece of trivia that uh, the reason they liked it so much is that the dog was barking in key to with a song. <laughs> so they just like okay, kind we're gonna bring of, it in. Yeah, so it get a little weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, question number three: True or false? Uh, metal actually charted lower uh, than Animal uh, Adam Heart Mother in both the U.S. and the U.K. True or false? Yes, Mark. Um, I am going to give that a false, and my reasoning is going to be on the basis of Dark Side of the Moon being a huge hit in the UK and thus bringing up earlier albums. Uh, funny enough, initially, uh, uh, it's true, actually, that metal actually charted lower than Adam Hartmother. In the uh, US? And the UK. Yeah, in, uh, oh. the, U- in the, U- <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the US, it charted at 70, where Adam Hartmother charted at 55. Um, and in the UK, it only made it to number three, where Adam Hartmother debuted at number one. Uh, I was so kind of surprised. Side did not boost these albums up the way uh, White Snake's albums got. A I big guess boost. not. Uh, I don't know if this is. Uh, I think I, I don't know if this, if this was the charting when it, like before Dark Side, where it was at the time it was released without their Dark Side being uh, any on anybody's. Well, it's whatever, whatever I, the peak album position was. Correct, yeah. That's but I was just way. surprised for a much more difficult listen with Adam Hartmother. I was kind of surprised yeah, that that did better uh, mm-hmm. on the charts. Um, oh, I'm out. Okay, Mark is out. All right. Uh, all right. Can Alex get the. Let's see this last one. Will he sweep? Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. True or false? Um, the band took uh, full responsibility for the album's poor uh, performance in the U.S feeling they didn't do enough to initially promote it. Oh, I have to answer this question? No, no, you don't. No, uh, it's, I, it's, I, I can answer. I'm going to try and bomb okay. out. I, actually, can you repeat the entire question? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, the band took full responsibility for the album's poor performance in the U.S., feeling they didn't do enough initially to promote it. True does or false? Sound like I'm going to say Floyd. false. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh, yeah, they didn't take responsibility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, they they blamed like uh, their their Amer- uh, yeah they blamed their American distributor, which is Capitol Records, who they said were uh, were the old distributor. You're right, yeah. R guy. Well, yeah, they were saying, well, they're that's like the Frank Sinatra generation, the guys that were running the label, uh, and that they didn't have any understanding or interest in what they were doing. But yeah, that does kind of sound like what they would, uh, which yeah. is ultimately what led them to leave Capitol and go to Columbia, which I guess yeah was. Okay, we got a tie here. All right, can we? Uh... Sounds like a Vinnie Vincent excuse. No, it's, a, it's right. actually yeah, a t- two. Point. Alex has got two. Oh, right? two to what? Two. two. Yeah, oh yeah, two to one. Never got mind. One yeah. right, Kev. Yep. All right. Um, okay. Um, this is a fill in the blank slash multiple choice. Let's see what happens here. Uh, okay. Um, the song Echo's initial unconnected parts were called blank parts one through thirty six. Uh, was it a gibberish? B nothing. C nonsense or D drivel. Oh shoot. He knows. I it's ah oh, man. It's either two or three, and I wish he didn't put those two because they're so close. Yeah. 
That's what I do. You, you do, you're tricky. <laughs> I'm the fly, I'm the fly uh, in the soup. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I am going to, I know it's, it's so close. It's one of those two. I'm going to go with nothing. Oh, you are correct, my friend. Oh. Oh. He always gave him the bomb out Woo. voice. That was yeah. a good question, though. Ding, ding, those ding. Two there we go. <laughs> two similar back. words. Did yeah, we get the ding, the ding, 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 Chris sample yet? I requested that like <laughs> yeah, I know. 10 I've, episodes ago. Yeah, I know. I've, oh, yeah. I've, been, I've been a little you're gonna have on to, that. You're going to uh, have to look back and find out uh, what, what's the original ding, 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 and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sample do. that. I, all right, but that, that, that was, yeah, Alex, that was a well-deserved, yeah, you fought that one out. Yeah, it was a snipe. did. Yeah. All right. I believe Here we it's go. time. Take it away, now. Alex. Love it or flush it. Okay. Tonight's order is going to be Chris, Kevin, myself, and Mark. Starting it off one of these days. Chris, what are you giving? Uh, I'm going to buy this. Yeah, ring me up, my friend. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs in general, a song that I even listen to outside of us just doing this. It's just, I just got that vibe I love at the Ampiate Heavy Rock kind of very filling. So, yeah. Big buy for me. Nice. Awesome, Kev. Uh, gonna give it a strong love. Uh, great, great opening track, actually. For once, I'm glad I can say that. <laughs> yeah, this one's tricky because I I love this one a lot, and now that I have an extra buy, I almost want to do it. And then I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm okay. gonna buy this one. I, I like this one a lot. I thought you were gonna save it for a uh, Seamus. No. <laughs> no, it's because like I, I I'm trying to like partially uh, think about Mark's sort of uh, direction and when he goes to buy stuff, he's like, you know, I want to put something on here that if it's a first time listener. But so far, I've really just been picking my favorite songs on the album, so I kind of want to just keep that thing going. So that's why I'm gonna pick this one, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it the weakest love out of all you guys. I do love Boom. openers. No, I love <laughs> openers that get the blood going, and it's nice that Pink Floyd finally got the blood going. Um, uh, but it's just, you know, having a a, a two-minute bass intro, just is like, how many times I put this album on in my car, and I'm just, like, double-checking that my phone is connected? Like, is my volume up? Oh no, that's the song is still starting. Like it's still just like blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so, it's great. It, it's not enough to flush, but um, you know, whatever. Like it's really not enough to uh you know, it's definitely enough for a love, just the 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 better parts of the song and the soloing that is just feels a bit ahead of its time. Right. Okay. All right, let's move it on over to track two, possibly a snoozer, a pillow of winds, Chris. <laughs> uh I'm gonna give this one a love. Again, uh not a snoozer. I, yeah, I <laughs> It was funny. It it it, it soothes the dark places. <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, that's that, that's pretty much yeah. What I don't know. Like I said, I was driving home and I just felt kind of at peace. Yeah, when I was yeah after a hard day's work, and I wasn't expecting sure. that after what three? Well, how many albums have we had where this has pretty much been in that slot? Yeah. Just, oh, the acoustic song. Here we go. And it's like okay, now this is. It seems like okay, they've got it a little bit. Uh, Dave's kind of refining it a little bit as far as these acoustic ballads. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I like it. Cool, Kev. Oh, uh, I wasn't gonna flush this, but the discussion really didn't make me like it anymore. So I think I'm gonna give it a light tap. It's yeah. uh, it's the the, the whole the whole the second <laughs> the second track snoozer thing is just making me mad. If the, if the, I know. If that so that's what if did that it for me. If that hadn't been a precedent, 
you know, I, you know, by the time we got to this album, I would have been like, okay, fine. But no, they've been doing it album after album after album after <laughs> album. So, oh, it's oh, frustrating. Yeah. I'm just going to keep it around just for now. Okay. I have the exact same thoughts as you, but I'm going to do what you, I think, maybe wanted to do. And it will get the flush from me. <laughs> okay. Old enough to pull the handle. But yes, very, very same reasons otherwise with the two spots. So, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to flush it for placement uh, issues because there were obvious constraints to the medium that they were distributing this on. Uh, because if it, it could have closed out Echoes, uh, I think that would have been uh, you know even a better way than redoing the Day at the Life ending a day of the uh, day in the life ending um it's it just it doesn't get a whole lot of enthusiastic love for me maybe maybe two taps um from me <laughs> double 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 tap okay. make sure it's alive yeah okay <laughs> all right let's bring it on over to track three fearless chris what do you think uh i know you guys aren't gonna like this uh, i'm gonna flush this uh it's got too many unoriginal parts on it if i, if I... If I want to listen to a rocking kind of acoustic song, I'll, li- I'll listen to Led Zeppelin or, or Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Younger, any of these that have a little bit better kind of grasp of that, um, which is too okay. bad because, yeah, there was there was something there, but even the lyrics don't save it enough for me. All right. What does Kev think? Uh, yeah, I'm going to follow Chris up with the flush. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Alex. <laughs> And Alex in for a bye, right? Yeah, it's the corp it's the it's the legless wonder syndrome again. Ring me up, baby. Favorite song Ring on the album. Ringing it yeah, up. What's he doing Love with this, his money? Love he's pulling, this song. He's pulling the rubber glove out. Love like this time. song. Oh, oh yeah, lot. I got Chris's rubber glove. <laughs> warm blankets all over it. Amazing vocal melodies, nice and soothing. This is the one for me, Mark. Right. And now Alex's warm blanket. Wait, what? Oops. He bought it. There we go. Destroy it, yeah. Right, when I call for a T, I want to hear that T. Like, I don't yeah, hear I, I was trying to queue up too many no, things at once. No, I'm sorry you, about you, that. You, Yeah, you brought in the uh, the credit card and the warm blanket to kill it. <laughs> 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 to each their own. All right, well, let's yeah. bring it on over to the French Riviera. San Tropez. Chris, what do you think? Uh, this was definitely a stocks were rising. I know I didn't say that initially, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I like this song. It, it uh, after after two or three listens, I kind of get, it went from a deep hate to like, okay, no, I'll give it to him. Right, there's there's something there's something fun here. Yeah, I mean Roger doesn't. He's not fun all the time, but when yeah, the one time he is fun, okay, it's like you can mm-hmm. yeah, you got to give him, you got to throw him a bone. <laughs> all right, Jeff. Uh, if I had two buys, I'd be tempted to use it here. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think I can. Flush use... is fearless, but buy San Tropez. I don't, I don't think I don't, I don't think I can use my one buy on San Tropez as tempting as that may be, just to uh, stick it to everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm just gonna give it a strong love. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna give it a love as well. I, I think it's a fun little little jazz. Jazz number, and I feel like I could hear it at a coffee shop in Paris. So it wins it for me. Mark? Uh, what's Mark going to do? Bring me up. Oh, oh yes! Up. There it is! There, there it is! It is. 
Oh, that's why the smirk was going on over there. Three reasons. (laughs) Uh, Kevin's Ferrari Daytona comment. Uh, Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, first appearance of Roger Waters without being... um, I mean, look, I hated Corporal Clegg, or at least I I didn't like it (laughs) that much as much as... The highest hype as the song gets. <laughs> and because I want to showcase for my playlist the drumming of Nick Mason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Jazz Finally. extraordinaire. L- little backhand. <laughs> <laughs> extraordinaire. I can't tell. Is that a backhanded uh, compliment there? No. <laughs> you brought it to <laughs> no, show look at the on the playlist. I'm introducing somebody to the band. One of these guys does not pull their own weight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, uh, let's move it on over to Seamus. We're going to be calling Nick the the legless wonder soon. Yeah, taking this dog to the back room. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> oh, is it gonna the dog getting the tea? Are you putting the dog down? We're going to, yeah, we're, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah, this, yeah. Oh, I think a lot yeah, I think a lot of people or individuals should have been like, put down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. or, 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 or yeah, the engineer should have put an end to this. Yeah, when they when they started hit, when they hit the record button. Yeah, yeah I think there yeah. is. Yeah, uh, yeah, just now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not the kind of person that that's a fan of the dog dying in all the movies, but uh, <laughs> I have to. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm going to have to do the same. Uh, I don't find it amusing. Uh, there was other songs on past records that were unintentionally amusing, and this one was <laughs> intentional, and I just didn't get it. Uh, and like Mark, uh, somebody alluded to it, where it's like, okay, it was Mark. He said, keep the dog tracks off the vinyl. It's fine that you <laughs> laid this down and you had some fun, but it's, you don't need to take up space for this. So get it out of here. <laughs> Edition, yeah, yeah. I see we're getting the uh, Sunday afternoon at the park special treatment yeah. with the three <laughs> terminates and a flush. Oh, yeah. it's gonna get the it- oh, not that bad. He's saving the dog. Uh, it's just because, well, I feel bad for the dog. Uh, no, I terminated fearless, so I don't have a tea to give. And fearless, just uh, like, like I said in the track by track, this song has at least a stupidity to it that just is just. Unterminatable. It doesn't yeah. have that. Yeah. It doesn't elicit that emotion to me. That's just like I skip it. I'm never listening to it again. Like it's terminated from my mind. Therefore, that's all I need. Like I don't need to put it out of its misery for everyone else. Um, Fearless just has an annoying factor to me with that riff repeated 500 mm. times. But as soon as we're done, I'm popping Fearless on, and I'm just gonna <laughs> soak it in. Anyway, let's you know move what, on it's a over. soundtrack to my life. As we're recording this, I can hear my dog barking in in upstairs. So there you go. Once I'm used to it. I'm numb to All it. All right, final track on the album, Echoes. Probably a big fan favorite, I would assume. Chris, what do you think? Uh, yeah, big love for me. Uh, I like how they finally kind of put out a uh, kind of co- a cohesive, weird experiment. Uh, and you know, like I said, it's a couple minutes too long. I mean, yeah, I mean anything over six seven minutes you gotta know what you're doing but uh i like how they kind of link everything together on here um the guitar playing again this is where like okay the uh where the yeah you really kind of feel that david influence well it's not just here but on this whole high album but particularly here he really kind of flexes his muscles mm-hmm. all right kev 
Uh, by process of elimination, I'm going to give this one the buy. Um, yes, it is a bit too long, but I feel like it deserves to be on the playlist as something Pink Floyd will never quite do again. And maybe it's that Man. ultimate bridge song where you kind of get a taste of everything of what came before and what's to come in the future. So there it goes up on the Spotify playlist. That's interesting that you mentioned that they're never going to do that again, because originally I was thinking about buying this one more of a reluctant buy just because I hadn't picked a long you know, like 10 plus minute track yet. And I'm like, well, that's got to get on the playlist at some point. And this is the best one, even though I will say for like such a sort of fan favorite, you know, from the early years, like pre dark side years, a lot of people like this one and I listened to it and I'm like, it's cool. It, but it didn't hit me as much as I expected it to be. Like the hype wasn't quite there for me. But now, and and then I thought to myself, all right, well, I'll just buy another one. I'm sure there's another one down the road that's like this, that's going to be better. Mm -hmm. And now you say that there might not be, so. I mean, there is dogs, I guess, but I mean, that's very different. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. But uh, regardless, I'll give it a love. I think it's the best long song so far, but I just think the ones that I bought were just my favorite songs, the ones that hit me right away. So, Mark? Well, I am going to unreluctantly flush this one. Oh. Ooh. Unreluctantly. No, I, I have no. Uh, it, it's, uh, there are parts of it that I enjoy. Yeah, get down there. There are parts of it that I enjoy. Get it down there. From a cinematic perspective, um, but it's way, way inferior to Adam Hart Mother, uh, at least in terms of ambition. Uh, it is so much so much or too much um a david gilmore showcase track you know for as much as i would like to get irritated at roger waters for yeah, i see chris pulling the trigger at me no. <laughs> the camera there. <laughs> but there's definitely i mean like come on it's like it's 23 minutes of gilmore and i guess that's where they are at this point musically but yeah. um you know that that's and like you know there are good parts to this but at a certain point at 2331 like how many minutes do you need to sit there and wait for the good parts? Like it just like there's just there's a limit to how much I could take. And you know, I bought Adam Hart Mother. I feel like that's more representative of the Pink Floyd experimental days. This is a bit more of a bridge track uh, that doesn't quite fit in with where they are going or where they were. So uh, that's my long-winded explanation for why I will flush this track. All right, that'll wrap it up then. All right, uh, 30 seconds. I think we might have a strong contender in one of these days. What do you think? Uh, That's 30 seconds. Don't think that's a bad album. idea. Who's going to throw out shame? Yeah, like the last. Yeah, like that, that. Yeah, like that. I don't know, that two, like 250 up through, or even three up through 330. Yeah, just where it goes into the, where it's After got the. the Mason part. After right, where it's Mason got that. Part. Yeah, where it's okay. got the kind of, yeah, kind of very sped up bass part, and then it goes into the. I don't know if Kevin, if you can play a sample of that, and just so yeah, we're all gonna, on the I'm same gonna, page. I'm gonna go after the Nick Mason part because I know that Mark's gonna ultimately veto anything that that's got. <laughs> in
Man, pretty, I love how Mr. Wright compliments the soloing there with his organ. Yeah, that's great. Good. Well, yeah, I'm I think fine we got, with that. Yeah, I think we got. I would yeah, be fine with good. that too. I, I might yeah. have bought that one, so sure. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, the only thing I think of is with the uh, San Tropez, but uh, with you know, that's not really you, representative of the album. With, no, no, uh, that's that's a no, standalone. Like, yeah, solo. I mean, it, that's the th- definition of a standalone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you yeah. guys were going to pick something off Echoes, to be honest. But one of these days, open up the podcast with just that driving groove. Sure. Yeah, sure. get the blood uh, yeah. going. Yeah. I'm all about that. So <laughs> like all about the, all about the, all about the blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like things that get the blood going. Yeah. Pillow of winds. Yeah, take a back seat. One of these days, <laughs> <laughs> kick it off. So, yeah, sounds good. That was a, uh, a little exploration of metal, and we'll be moving on. We've got one more to go. Uh, before we hit the golden era of Floyd again, you know, how many times different ways can we say it? <laughs> it's so strange to have a band that's just going to take their time and getting to the point here. Um, maybe you may think that's much like this show, but you know what? If you think so, give us a, give us a, uh, send us a message, DM us on Instagram or send us a message through our website or give us any kind of note you would like to on social media, Reddit, uh, Facebook, wherever we might be. Um, but yeah, uh, Chris, you got something before we close Yeah, um, Yeah, as far as uh, uh, our ratings, uh, anybody changing theirs? Any? Oh. I'm thinking of maybe boosting mine up a half point. Chris, yeah. you're, you're hoping you're angling for a boost? Yeah, just a half point. Yeah, just, yeah, because with Santro Pay, I kind of came, came to appreciate it a little bit more. So I'm going to give it probably, going to boost it up to a 6.5 like the, uh, like, my other two uh, brothers over there. Yeah. Looks like, yeah, probably, unless they right. choose to change. Alex, Kevin, you got changes? No, I'll probably stick where I'm at. I, I pretty much terminated and bought what I planned to do. So Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting with just this album, and it's only six songs, um, the difference that it made in the Pink Floyd love for some reason, Kevin, almost in the 40s now, geez, only one flush, uh, Alex almost about to clip 50% in his Pink Floyd love, and Chris and I are now tied even at 56%. Uh, I used to be quite a bit ahead of Chris and, and everyone, and Kevin was, uh, I don't know, Pink Floyd was doing about one for four for Kevin, so. Batting average, but really you don't want your music to hit 250. It's tough on a six-song album, like uh, the difference between a love and a flush could change yeah. those percentages. How much do you wait? Echoes as a buy or, or versus uh, uh, right. terminating the dog. But um, yeah, we'll see you around with Obscured Black Clouds. Stick around. We've got a 10-track uh, album coming up. So Another the- another soundtrack album with Barbara Schroeder. Could this one be better than more? Who's to say? Yeah, well, watch <laughs> the movie this time. We'll find out. So see you guys then. Yeah.